done in the past, when I look back at things that I've done, even when I was young in my 20s, and, and I did a lot of things back then working in work, uh, we had, my dad had a slaughterhouse, and we, we killed like about 150 cows a day. And did you all know that? We killed about 150 cows a day right there in the block behind Blake's. You know where Blake's restaurant is? That vacant lot back there was where the slaughterhouse was. And uh, we, we made so much noise, this city couldn't rest. Between us and the chicken plant, the chicken plant was down there where, where uh, the pavilion is for the watermelon thump. That's where the chicken plant. We stunk this town up. I'm not kidding. And uh, so, so I, but I, you know, there was a, we had an engineer that worked for us, and he, uh, he knew how to repair all the refrigeration units and all that. And he was on full time with us. He did all the welding. He did all the uh, mechanical fixing of everything. Well, he was, he was sick one time. He wasn't able to come and fix the splitting saw that saws the cows in half. It was broken down. And so we couldn't start the next day until we got that fixed. So my dad said, you hit. Pointed to me. I never fixed the splitting saw in my life. He said, it's just a bearing in there. Take it apart and put another bearing in. We got bearings back there in a, in a you know, storage place. Take it apart and put it back together tonight so we can work tomorrow. So I did. I did it. And I, you know, I still look back and say, I don't know how I did that, but I did. And, you know, I just really believe God has, uh, will help us do anything that we need to do if you'll just ask Him. When you're in, you're, you're in doubt or you're in a decision-making place in your life and you don't know what to say and you don't know how to make the decision, you don't know whether to say yes or no, ask Him. I, I want to help you. you. All you have to do is ask Him. A business decision or anything. Whatever. You know, even if people, people get a little upset with this because they say, you shouldn't bother God about little old things, you know. But, I, you know, I ask Him about shoes. What kind of shoes to buy for my wife, and, you know. Or <laughs> I don't actually buy shoes for her. I buy shoes for me, but because she, she knows what to buy. But but even people that say, "Well, I didn't know which pair of shoes to buy," ask him. He'll help you. Now I wasn't asking about which tattoo to put on. That's a, that's up to you. He's gonna, <laughs> he's going to leave that up to you. Amen. But listen, my point is. God wants to help us in everyday life, in everyday life. So, so call on Him and ask Him. And I think politicians ought to do the same. Everybody said amen. 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 All right. Let's pray that you'll receive this word today. We're going to talk about kingdom parenting. Kingdom parenting. And maybe you've never thought of it like this and looked at it like this, but kingdom is the kingdom of God. We're, going to, we're talking about what, how does God want us to raise our kids? How does God, is, wouldn't you want to know how God wants us to raise our kids? And I'm going to tell you today. Amen. So, Father, open our ears to hear what you have to say through me. Everyone in this room, may they open their ears and receive, not just hear, but, but be a doer as well today in Jesus. Bless this message from beginning to end in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're in part 13 today. This is part lucky 13 uh, today. In the series that we've been on for uh, since since February, we've been on this series called Family God's Design, and um, we're going to read. I want us to start off with reading Genesis chapter one, verses twenty six through twenty eight. If you would please uh, give me those scriptures up there, 
Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. Are y'all not able to do that? I'll find it. My little bitty Bible. It says, Then God said, and if you'll read, look at that. Now, we've got it written just like the Scriptures, like it is in the Bible, in my Bible. Let us is, a, is a capitalized. So he's talking about him, himself, and who else is with him? And God said, let us. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that's us. Amen. Let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Man, I remember that was, I hated those Brahma cattle. I hated those Brahma cattle. They were mean. I couldn't wait to get them in the chute and knock them in the head. <laughs> Take that, but they taste good in a Wendy's hamburger. Yeah, yeah. Amen. 27. So, go, so God created man in his own image. How did he create man? In his, own image. in his own image. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. You need to know that. Um. In the image of God, he created him. He created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. And I'm going to explain why that says male and female in a minute. If I don't remind me of it. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. The first statement that's recorded in the Bible of God speaking to man is found here in Genesis 1.28 when he said, Be fruitful and multiply. This is the first statement that God makes to man. Be fruitful and multiply. What do you think that means? Go have some babies. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Go have some babies. Man was commanded to reproduce after his own kind and increase. In other words, God said to Adam and Eve, go have some children. And so, and just as God created Adam and Eve in his own image, their children would in turn bear the image of their parents. Stay with me now. It is God's intention that we reproduce and bear children in our own likeness and image. And these words, likeness and image, deal with more than just external appearance. They also have to do with internal qualities. Now, through the centuries, mankind has reproduced and multiplied. However, the goals of parenting that God had originally intended for all of mankind have not been followed and carried out. And you and I know that we have a very diverse society Many differences and uh, beliefs and cultures around the world. And I think it's safe to say that not everyone, perhaps not anyone, is exactly the likeness and image that God had desired us to be. I'm not saying we can't be. I'm just saying that through the generation and ages, we've lost a lot of the likeness and image that God created in Adam and Eve. And that, and that Adam and Eve passed down through their children. Now, let me, let me stop you here and say it's not all doom and gloom. 
Hallelujah. Because Jesus came. Amen. Jesus came. And through the redemption of mankind through Jesus Christ, Jesus has made the way for us, all of us, to be restored unto the likeness and image of our Creator God. Hallelujah. Now, that's good news to someone who thinks they're just a scumbag and a worm. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not a worm. <laughs> Look at your husband and say, you're not a scumbag. Second <laughs> Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, But we all, with unveiled face, we have today, when you come to Christ, you have an unveiled face. Before you come to Christ, you're, you're still under a veil. But because we've accepted Jesus as our Savior, the veil has been removed. That was a difference that you didn't realize when you got saved. Amen? Probably didn't realize that. But the veil, when you give your heart to Christ and you surrender to Him, the veil has been removed. We Okay, so, but we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed... Into the same image, and the, the NIV says likeness, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. We are being transformed into His image and likeness, both externally and internally, as we are obedient and follow in His ways. Amen? That's why we always share and we always like to say, we go from glory to glory. And that's the way God wants to transform us and help us to go from glory to glory. Not from, not, not from bad to worse, but from glory to glory. In Christ, He wants to always take us up, take us higher, make us better. Amen? Apart from Christ, you're going down. But in Christ, you're going up. We got in the elevator down there uh, at the hotel we were staying at this past week and Push that button to go up, and we got in, and the elevator went down. We, we, we want, well, we wanted to go down. That lady wanted to go up that was in there. We said, well, we don't want to go up. We want to go down. <laughs> she, was, she was flabbergasted. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Brand new. Old things have passed away. What that means, old things have passed away, is mean you can't go back and say, that's just the way I am. Because you've been born again. Amen? So when your kids get a little rebellious, you say, no, Mama, I can't help it. Mama, just that's the way I am. No, you're not. You're born again. And if they're not, then you can tell them, well, we're just going to get born again then. Yeah. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things... Have become new. And so, as we who have been made new through Christ begin to have children and become parents. And if you're like Kim and I, you were already parents before you began to follow God. Then we who are of the kingdom of God must realize our responsibilities, our goals as parents. And so I want to speak today about what it means to do kingdom parenting. And so in doing this, I have found some foundational goals that we as parents, kingdom parents, must seek to fulfill and reproduce in our children. Do we have any parents in here who want to be kingdom parents? Amen. 
Everybody should. We'll get into more specific details in, uh, of discipline and training next week. We're going to do some more of that next week in that in that uh, sermon next week. But today I want to talk about the three. There are three foundational goals of parenting. Number one is to reproduce the nature of the parent in the child. Uh, now this is now keep in mind, I'm, I'm talking about kingdom parents. Because there was some nature in my father that I didn't want to reproduce in me. And everybody probably had some of that in your parents as well. But, but we're talking about kingdom parenting here today. So if you're, if you're a Christian and you're, you, you got, you got the king ruling, he's, he's got kingdom means there's dominion. He's the king over the dominion of who you are. So to, uh, to reproduce the nature of the parent in the child. This is part of the meaning behind the word image in Genesis. By creating us in his image, God intended for us to have and to reflect his nature. God's nature is what? It's love. God's nature is love. That's who he is. The Bible says God is love. So he wants you to be love. And in the same way, the first goal that we should have as parents is to see our nature reproduced in the lives of our children. The second goal of parenting is to reproduce the character of the parent in the child. This is the other part of image. The full meaning of the word image refers to the true nature and character of a thing. So when God said, let us make man in our image, our likeness, he meant let us create man in such a way as to reflect our nature and character. Because we don't, we don't look like God physically. But he wants us to have his image. In other words, we were created to be like God. To think like God. And to display his distinguishing characteristics. You ever heard the saying, like father, like son? Yes. Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the father. So it's like father, like son. And so likewise, we as parents want our children to be like us. To share the same values, carry the same demeanor, and display the same characteristics. See, Patrick doesn't look exactly like me. He he could never get this good looking. He's too tall. (laughs) So... How, how often do you hear people say things like, you remind me of your daddy? I walked in a restaurant a while back. My dad died five years ago. And I walked in a restaurant and the guy said, man, I thought you looked just like Bub. He thought I was Bub. And, and uh, I said, no, I'm going to lose some weight then. <laughs> so that's when I started on my diet. <laughs> or you heard this, you're just like your mama. Yeah, it's Kim. She's just like her mama. Mm-hmm. And when you hear that, when you hear things like that, you've succeeded in reproducing that character in your child when people say that about your child. So, and then number three, the, to, to reproduce the behavior of the parent in the child. This may be the little more difficult one. <laughs> so when God created mankind, his goal was to bring about children who were like himself in every way, children who looked like him, thought like him, had his characteristics and qualities, and acted like him. Godly, 
We as parents should pursue the same goal with our children. Ideally, children should view God and the world and respond to life in the same way their parents do. Ideally. If you teach them your values, they will retain those values. Amen. And, uh, you know, a lot of times today, boy, the kids, they go off to college and they get under those professors who are just ungodly as all get out. Uh, it's a shame. And they start teaching them their values and then they're, they're confused and they're, they're confused and then they, they make poor decisions. They make bad choices. But, uh, man, I can remember my daughter went to... Uh, TLU in Seguin, in the first book, the first semester, the first book. I don't remember what course it was. So she's not in here. But the first book, that's a Christian. Was it Texas Christian University? Huh? Texas Lutheran. And the first, she comes home and they told her to read this book. And me and Kim looked at Kim. I think she did. I didn't look through it. And it just had all kind of profanity, all full of profanity in that book. The first one they wanted to read. For this course, we went over there and checked her out, got her, took her out of that school. Not going to do that. You're not going to do that to my kid. I love my children more than that. Amen. Yeah. And so we took her out of there, put her somewhere else. I don't know what we did with her then. Put her. We we sent her to Carter and Company. Yeah. We sent her to Carter and Company. She started working for the insurance company. And she's still in insurance today, and she's doing real well. She's doing good. Yeah. So, in every way, Jesus was the perfect representation of his father. Jesus did what his father told him. He spoke what his father spoke. And he loved his father like his father loved. I believe one reason Jesus came to earth was to show us how to think and act act like our heavenly father. God wants His children to bear His likeness. When we were born again and received the Spirit of God, we received the Spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This means that the same power that belongs to God belongs to us because we're His children. The same love that characterizes Him characterizes us or should characterize us. As fathers, our Father... Uh, our father's mind should be our mind as well. In other words, we should be, and listen to this, this is real good, listen to all this. In other words, we should be fear-free, power-filled, loving, level-headed people, because all these qualities characterize our father. And we have the same stuff, the same DNA, and I like to call DNA the divine nature applied. That he has. This is why it is so important that we cannot live one way and tell our children to live another way. Oh, man. You were doing all right till you went there. We want to tell our children to do this and do that and do that. And then they don't see it in us. We're not being the example. And children learn what they see more than what they hear. Amen. We as parents must live the way we want our children to live. Parenting is powerful because it shapes the minds, attitudes, and actions of our children for either good or bad. So, do you want to be a good parent? Yes. Amen. I know you do. 
So look what the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 2. He says, watch what God does and then do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents, mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. That's pretty good, isn't it? Ephesians uh, 5, 1 and 2 in the, in the Passion Translation says it like this. It was so good. It says, be imitators of God in everything you do. For then you will represent your father as his beloved sons and daughters. And continue to walk surrendered to the extravagant love of Christ. For he surrendered his life as a sacrifice for us. His great love for us was pleasing to God. Like an aroma of adoration. A sweet healing fragrance. Amen. That all, that's awesome. The Apostle Paul instructs us to become imitators of God. How do we imitate God? By living a life of love. Amen. Boy, it's just, uh, you see so many angry people today. You know, it's a shame. You know what? It grieves me. It doesn't. I don't get excited when I see that. It, 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 it grieves me. Because, you know, those people, are, they're just hurting. There's, there's something else wrong there that's, other than just the anger that they're lashing out, there's, a, there's an inward, deep something wrong in those people. Uh, but we need to live as Christians. We as Christians need to live a life of love, not a life of anger. And we need to learn, hey, I want to tell you something. I've, I've, I've learned this over the years. It, we still have a lot of the old nature in us that God is renewing and transforming us and making us new and whole and, and healing a lot of the old stuff. But, but when there's something that, that really stirs us up emotionally, a lot of those old feelings can come rise up. They can rise up in you. And you say, well, man, I didn't know. I thought I was rid of that. I thought I was done with that. And there it was. And God's still working. You know there's still work to be done in some of those areas. All of us. All of us. And so that's what he wants us to. He doesn't want us to, you know, stand off from that stuff. But help, help him. Allow him to heal. We have so many areas in our lives that we don't want God to get there. You can only go this far, God, but that, no, don't touch that. I'm just going to keep that back in my medulla oblongata somewhere. (laughs) But when something triggers that, it's going to rise up. That's the healing where God needs to to heal. And uh, just listen, I want to tell you, just open up with your spouse and talk these things out and allow healing to come. You can do that. Yeah, amen. And uh, if that doesn't work, Billy and Donna can help y'all. They're good at it. Amen, they're good at it. So the main reason our children live in fear is because we, their parents, live in fear. You need to be imitators of God in front of your kids. So they see you living righteously, making the right moral choices. Amen. Because you're an example to them. They're watching you. We must learn to cast out fear by 
trusting completely in the perfect love of God. Is his love perfect? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Then our children will learn how to do it too. If we do it, they'll do it. We can't pass on to our children what we don't possess ourselves. Our children will learn more from our example than they do from our words. And children will also learn their behavior by watching and imitating the people they see the most, especially during their early years, their formative years. I'm, I'm telling you, four, three, they're learning a lot. I can still remember things when I was three years old. Can you imagine that? I still do. I still remember. Say they, they can go way back. I'm 65, and I can go back to three and still remember stuff. That's amazing what this mind can do. It is. And, and parents, we, we have no greater example than Jesus Christ when it comes to modeling love. And his relationship, his nature, his character and behavior of, of his father. And uh, everything Jesus did, he, he asked the father. He did what the father said. He went where the father said go. He loved like the father. He exemplified the father in his own body. It's amazing. We're to do that too. We're to become Christ-like. We do as Jesus did. Amen? So... If we imitate him in word and deed, we'll provide our children a reliable model to pattern their lives after. Good parents don't leave the job of parenting to chance. Uh, They do everything they can to prepare themselves and to know what they're doing. The problem is that many parents can only parent the way they were parented. They, They learned this is what my father did. So it's, it's good enough for me. It's no, no. You, you're being transformed. You're not the same person. If you're born again, you're not who you were. You're not who your parents were. You parent. But you can get in the Word of God and allow God, through the Holy Spirit, transform and teach the ways of God in the process. And you can become better at parenting and raising godly children. You can You can. I'm speaking to everybody in here. You can. You can get better at it. It may not always be easy. It's hard to. uh, It's hard work to be a good parent, but it's our God-given responsibility to do so. It's up to us. It's not up to somebody else. Listen, parenting, whether negative or positive, is a powerful and inescapable influence. Everybody is parented by somebody. And we each reflect in our lives and our attitudes the nature, character, and behavior of those who've influenced us the most. Listen to this. We, we tend to become like the person who parents us, and he or she may or may not be our biological parent. They have big brothers that they look up to and, and others in the house. Did you know you can be a father or a mother and still not be a parent? Mm-hmm. Because a parent is the one who has the most formative influence in a child's life. Let me ask you, who, who parents your children? Who parents your children? Who has the greatest daily or ongoing influence over their growth and development? A school teacher? A daycare worker? 
a babysitter, the TV, the video game. <laughs> Listen, either you parent your children or someone else will. Because children are not equipped to raise themselves. They'll find guidance somewhere, and unless you provide it, you may not like the results. I heard a story about a little three-year-old girl who was playing in the family room one day while her parents were watching TV, and the little girl dropped something and hit her hand and said a four-letter curse, curse word. I don't know what that word was. But the parents were shocked and said, what did you say? And she repeated it. She, she had never heard this word in her home. They were sure. So they called the daycare center and spoke to the director. And the director told them, well, we were planning on moving her into the downstairs class because the upstairs class has children that talk that way. What? The point here is, who's parenting your children? Christian parents have the responsibility and purpose to raise righteous and godly children. You know... I just think a lot of kids today have grown up in the home where they heard all this language that uh, was was probably very ungodly. And they just thought it was normal talk. And so they just go out in public and it's everywhere. I've never heard such profanity in all my life in public places. You know, I was a teenager. I knew, we cussed when we were around other teenagers. But when we went into tiger toad or somewhere public we didn't cuss we didn't you don't say those words in public we knew that and i remember when my kids were little we took them to the watermelon thump one night and this this uh a young man was there had a t-shirt on with the f word on it and i got my kids here i told the boy i said hey uh you need to leave or go or turn that shirt around i don't either I don't need to go nowhere. So I, there was a cop right there. So I asked the cop, "Could can you can you ask this young man?" It was years ago. I was pretty fasty then. I was, but I was ready to jump on him if he jumped. You know, if he said, yeah, "I was ready." <laughs> Let me say, as ready as I could be. But I just told, I stood my ground and I said, "Look, I got my kids here. I don't want them seeing that word." You know, so if you don't mind leaving and turn or, or take it off and turn it around inside out. And the cop came and got the boy and took him, told him, he said, you're in a public place. You can't wear that. If somebody complains, you can't wear it. What if somebody complains? Yeah. So but uh, but now I see it all the time. It's just everywhere you go. I can't fight all them people. And it's not worth a fight. But but. uh People have been raised in that environment. It doesn't, they don't know what public and, and private is anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's bad. It's bad. But uh, who's parenting your children, you know? The word righteous means right position, right positioning. You know, when you got saved, you got born again, you, you just changed your position in life. You 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 came out of a position of of death into a position of life. <laughs> You're not where you were anymore. 
And uh, I don't know if everybody recognizes that, you know, because you, you can come up here and get saved at the altar and not change one bit. You can go home and, and, and be the same. But your, your spirit has changed, transformed. There's a, tr- there's a transition that has taken place. And you're not the same person as you were. And you're going to begin to hear it from inside. He works from the inside and, and comes out. And you won't be able to stay like you are. You won't be able to, you'll be the most miserable person if you fight it. You're going to be miserable. That's right. But righteous, righteous means uh, right position or to be right in right relationship. In other words, the purpose of parent, parenting is to raise up children who are right in right relationship with God. Children who are in line with God's will and who desire to please Him. Children who reflect His nature. The word godly means God-like. Godly children are children who reflect not only God's nature, but also His character and His behavior. You know, if if you just look back on the history, when they took God out of school, everything's gone downhill. Everything's gone downhill with the raising of kids and, and the, the cultures and the, the, the language and all the everything we see today has gone downhill from that point. We need to get God back in our public life. Yes. They did it in South Dakota. Praise God. We're, I think that's going to be the only help this nation. It's not going to be politicians that save us. It's going to be God. It's going to be a revival of God in our public life again. And uh, Ben, I tell you, they're they're still battling with people that want to remove the crosses from public view. Look, if you you're welcome. Now, I heard a guy. I heard it. Who was it the other day? We're talking. It was so good. But he said, "Look, you're you're welcome to come to this nation from anywhere legally and become a citizen, but don't come here and change and try to change my religion or change what this nation was founded on." And you can worship like you want to. We allow people to just worship like they want to. But don't try to stop us who are worshiping our God. Yes. It doesn't say that in the Constitution. Separation of church and state doesn't apply to us. No. <laughs> it's, it's not meant for that. We have, a, we have a right. We have a right to worship God. Amen. Amen. And you have a right to not worship God if you don't. But don't try to change somebody. Amen. Oh, I'm going to get started. But this goes back to uh, uh, what I said a while ago. All right. The word godly means godlike. Godly children are, are children who reflect not only God's nature, but also his character and his behavior. And this goes back to what we learned last week, that the number one way to raise godly children is to be a godly parent. We as parents must allow God to shape and mold and direct our wills and our hearts, Father, Father us, so that we become faithful, loving children who do His will out of love. And we then model godly character and behavior for our children. There's nothing uh, more worthwhile and are of greater importance in this world than for parents to commit themselves to living godly lives and raising righteous and godly children who love the Lord. Uh, this is God's design. This is not Alan's idea. 
This is God's design. It was his idea from the beginning. Uh, he, he said, let us make man in our image. And then he told him to go be fruitful and multiply. Take that image I've given you and multiply with that image in mind and in your, and in your children. That's the purpose of parenting and being a kingdom parent. Amen? Amen. I, want, I want to just take a moment and pray for everyone in here, every parent, every, everyone that's parenting in here. Maybe, you're, maybe your grandkids need you. Maybe your kids are not teaching them like they should be, but you can. You can do something. Amen. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come right now. And I, I just lift up every parent and every person in this room who knows, who knows, Father, that, that godly parenting is what you've called us all to be. Being kingdom parents that teach the Word of God to our children. That teach the values and the characters, that characteristic, uh, characteristics of our God to our children. Father, we just we thank you for being the example that you sent Jesus, and he be, he became the example and the model for us to live our lives under. That everything he did was what the Father told him to do. Help us to raise our kids the same way, Lord. Lord, we just pray for all the children right now. They may have been uh, neglected, and maybe they weren't parented right in a lot of ways. We just pray, Father, that they would come to a a place of understanding. We pray for healing and restoration to come into those children right now in Jesus' name. We, we ask you, Father, to restore relationships with parents and children. Restore those relationships back so there would be trust and love between them in Jesus' name. We thank you for it today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I know this is not one of these uh, shout and match uh, type sermons like we heard Friday night. <laughs> hey! Yeah. But uh, these are important things we need to know, you know. Uh, I want to help, help young couples learn uh, some things, what the Bible says, how we ought to raise our kids. And next week, we're going to get into the part of how to discipline your kids properly, biblically. And um, so you don't want to miss that. If you're a parent here, you sure don't want to miss that. Amen. So uh, be back next week. If you need prayer, we're going to have time for prayer. Uh, We'll have some people here to pray for you. And um, Kim's going to be teaching Wednesday night. Don't forget to come at 7 o'clock tonight to the baptisms. We've got about 15 people going to be baptized tonight. Listen, and I want to just say this. If you didn't sign up and you still want to get baptized, you get one of those. Are those farms still out there? We'll give you one tonight. Yeah. Well, you can still come and get baptized if you want to tonight. We're just going to write your name down when we get to the pool. But we've had people do that, so don't think it's too late. Because we do this once a year at the pool and any time else during the year. Let me just say it because not everybody knows this. I have a swimming pool in my backyard. So if you want to do something privately, you just don't want to do it publicly.